This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, wild souls. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy full moon in Pisces. I am hoping that this day is rich and beautiful and illuminating and as potent for you as it is for me. Um, We have definitely been in a really strong, energetic um, container, I would say, of a lot of lessons, clearing, um, a lot of soul stuff coming up to really be shed, experienced, acknowledged, released. So this has been a really kind of intense few days for you, um, whether kind of as you might consider it to be good, quote, or bad, end quote, Um, it really just is. Um, but I know for me, the last few days have been really, I mean, just so much coming up for the brain, so much body stuff. Um, but I can feel, um, that it isn't random. It's really, really an invitation, um, and a result of kind of this huge energetic portal. And I think, The full moon in Pisces and actually today being Friday the 13th actually has a big degree to do with it because those things kind of fusing together, even though the moon is a little bit later, it's more on the 14th, um, the full moon, I should say, there is still a connection and there is still kind of this like two day portal that we're walking in. So we're going to talk about that today along with uh, our lovely card for this episode five of swords, looking at, um, the ways in which we fuck up and the ways in which we can forgive ourselves and what this card teaches us about that. But before I get into it, I am delighted, excited, overjoyed to announce that the material for Tarot for What Is, my brand new immersive tarot course on reading tarot for this moment and everything that arises in it, looking to tarot as a tool for healing, presence, and evolution, the material is live. The course is officially born. And if you signed up for tarot for what is, you're going to get an email with all of the um, links that you need and everything that will offer you access to this program. And if you haven't signed up, I got to tell you something. First of all, I honor your knowing. So if it's a no for you, I think that that's amazing. Trust that. Um, But if you've been sort of not sure on the fence, um, it is just, (laughs) I won't go into it right now. Maybe I'll do an episode one day about um, what it is to have an intuitively run business because divine really is kind of my boss. And this is the first course that I've ever done that has been purely and completely done with divine in the driver's seat. Even with my courses that are like 98%, there's that still at 2% of kind of what Lindsay wants that takes over. And because of the fact that this course, Tarot for is, was really born out of a hundred percent divine timing, channeling things that I didn't even know were in me. Um, a, I think it's probably the best work I've ever done. B, 
it's more rich, robust, um, in-depth, more focused on practices and enriching your tarot practice than Tarot for the Wild Soul is, as Tarot for the Wild Soul is really about building the basics from a soul-centered perspective. This is deeper, and there is a tremendous amount of material that I've never shared before. In fact, I didn't even know it was really in me before. <laughs> um, so if you like my work and you enjoy this idea and you really want to gain concrete tools, skills, practices, concepts to think about the tarot in ways that maybe you never have before. This is really for you. And it's also an evergreen course, so you're free to sign up anytime. However, I will tell you that for one week only from this Friday, it ends next Friday, the 20th, there is a slight discount available on Tarot for What Is, which is the website for the course. So if you are wanting to engage with this material and get it at a slightly discounted rate. This is your last week to do it. After that, the price will go up. You can buy it anytime. It'll just be more. So um, it's exciting to sign up today because you actually get something. <laughs> so if you're interested and you'd like to learn more or sign up or anything, you can go to tarotforwhatis.com, check it out, just hit the enroll button. And uh, if you have any questions about the course, you can uh, go to the FAQ page on terraforwardos.com or you can email Iris, um, my beautiful project coordinator, and ask her any manner of question about the course and she will be able to assist you. And you can do that at info at lindsaymack.com. And uh, it feels really exciting to get to share these this baby with everyone who heard the call and said yes. So for those of you who did, I'm really bowing in a lot of gratitude. And for those of you who didn't, I'm still bowing to you in a lot of gratitude. Thank you for being here. Okay, so before we get into Five of Swords, let's talk about the energetic weather right now. Very powerful stuff happening. We are really getting the opportunity in Virgo season. You know, we talked about the theme of restructuring in monthly medicine, right? Part of restructuring has to, well, first of all, if we're going to talk about restructuring our lives, we have to understand that nothing can happen externally that's not rooted to something internally. And internal restructuring is what yields external shifts and changes, external clarity, external, you know, restructuring. The more we are returning back to the inner space to clarify what is working for me right now, what is not working for me? Do I know what to do about what's not working for me? It's okay if you don't. It's okay if we don't. Do I know exactly what to do? Is it the right time? Like it's really a time that can kind of feel a little bit retrograde because um, of the fact that this is a hangman year. So the energy that we're really in is of waiting, pausing, hanging out in the fullness of the information so that when we finally do make a decision, we never have to make one again. Um, that is part of the hangman's deep gift to us, this completion of cycles. And 
there is a kind of a peak of that this week and, and has been. It's not recent, or rather it's not um, kind of starting now. It's really been happening. What is really going on right now is that we're in a kind of a portal that's really peaking today on the 13th and leading us into the full moon in Pisces tomorrow. And what we kind of have here is that a lot of us have been really looking in some very intense, at at some points, very brutal mirrors about where we're at right now, what's working, what isn't, again, all of that. But now we actually get the opportunity to do something about it. So that energy is, again, it's hard to bring words to, but kind of peaking and offering us the opportunity to truly complete cycles in the next few days, um, whether energetically or actually, that are going to have really enormous ripple effects for us. Many, many ripple effects in ways that are tremendous, very important. Again, um, so we're looking at lifetime lessons. We're looking at old habits, old patterns, old cycles of um, playing small, of abusive relationships, of manipulative relationships. There are um, th- shit that we don't want to do, not asking for help. There are a million things that are coming up for all of us now. So I encourage you to just reflect for a minute, like what's been coming up for you for the last week? Mirrors in the body, mirrors in life, mirrors in relationships. You don't have to carry any of that forward anymore. Even if something is happening in the body and you think, well, I can't control that, you can control the way you think about it, especially, or not think about it, I'll reframe that. But for example, if we have kind of a panic response to something in the body, if something comes up in the body and we think like, oh no, we have an opportunity to have that response be there, but to also really bow and say, you know, it's okay that this is here, possibly. I'm willing to consider it's okay. You know, what are the patterns here that are emergent? Um, And I know for myself, like I've had, um, I blew coffee grounds into my eyeball this morning. (laughs) That is one example. I can't even tell you how it happened. But like, you know, I've had some stuff with my eye this year, not lost on me, you know? So there's that. You know, there's some stuff coming up with my eye. Um, There's other uh, body things that are kind of like ripples and echoes of older things. And um, the other day I stubbed the toe that I broke by stubbing it almost two years ago. And it's fine. But um, when I stubbed it yesterday, some tears came. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. It wasn't painful, but it was just the memory of the injury. So we are in a full moon in Pisces. Pisces rules the moon card. The moon card is about hanging out in the unknowns of life, but also working with echoes, also working with the brain, looking at um, looking at the kind of ocean waves in the dark and being like, did I see something? Did I not? It's very easy to feel like we're getting pulled back into something. And that is really... Um, what we're working with, like how to respond 
two things that are older that are coming up now for us to just simply bring a different energy to them, to clear out some form of them. What are these things here to teach us? You know, maybe for you, it's something much stronger, far more specific, far less specific. And I encourage you in your own way to consider what are you what information, what clarity, what guidance are you kind of harvesting right now in terms of full moon? Full moons are always an opportunity to see psychically and subconsciously the biggest underlying pieces so that we can harvest the information. And then out of empowerment and co-creation, we get to decide what of this am I ready to compost and clear out? What of this am I going to keep? So full moons are really, really powerful. And the idea that it's in Pisces, Pisces is also connected to hangman, which is connected to number 12. 12, you know, it's the end of the zodiacal wheel. The fact that this is a Pisces full moon means we're ending a cycle of some kind. Huge, huge cycles of lessons. We're finished with something. And all of the things that are coming up right now to be looked at, acknowledged, you know, understood, like all of that is really so that we can clear it out so we don't have to carry it anymore. It's really, really important to acknowledge that. And what does Friday the 13th have to do with it? Well, Friday the 13th is, you know, we could call it a witch's day because 13 is the number of the witch. It's the number of the spiral. It's the number of wildness. It's the step past what we would consider to be perfect order in 12 12 is linear, 12 is um, used and relied upon and looked at in a lot of different um, traditions, religions, structures, 12 months in a year, etc. for some, because there is a lot to be said for 12 representing this kind of order. 13 is really where we move off of the cliff of reason and into the cliff of the spiral, into the cliff of the unknown um, and into like this amazing magical realm. So anytime we're in a Friday the 13th, it's not bad luck. It's actually one of the most beautiful portals that we could ever ask for in terms of working with the unknowns and the gifts of the unknown. So when you marry that with a full moon in Pisces, basically what you have is an awareness and an opening and a reviewing of all of the things that are ready to be shed and released so that we can move into this new cycle built on this kind of magical foundation. So there's some pretty sweet stuff happening. And I'm really hoping that for everyone listening to this, you know, you're finding ways to take care of yourselves. You're finding ways to honor yourself. Um, and that all that feels really nourishing and supportive to you. I know for myself, the creation of my course, this course, Terra Fortis, is also like massive. There's over 20 hours of audio and video, way bigger than anything I've ever done um, in terms of time. It's certainly not bigger in scope, but it is um, larger in detail. The workbooks are like well over 100 pages each. <laughs> there are two of them, and there's a lot of information, and it's just been so intense to birth this material. So I know for myself, I'm feeling a little bit of this, like this letdown, um, in a great way of like, okay, you know, this has been birthed and 
it's bringing forward just so much. So um, we can really mark today and tomorrow as these really huge portals, these thresholds. We're really moving from where we are to where we're going, which is really, really beautiful. So again, wishing you great blessings on that. So I have been wanting to do an episode on Five of Swords for a long time. And one of the reasons is that I love this card. That's one. I don't love the feeling of it, but I do love what it teaches and I love what it brings. And I have had many experiences in this card. So I can really, I think, speak to it with some um, expertise on how to move through that particular forest, I would say. Um, and also because it's a hugely, hugely requested card in terms of what people have wanted to hear about, what they've wanted me to share over the years. A lot of people have asked for Five of Swords. And one of the reasons why I think that they've asked for Five of Swords is because the traditional interpretation of this card is quite, um, quite severe. Um, you know, it speaks of uh, wickedness, of someone having um, really terrible intentions, and does a lot of focusing, if we're going to center this on the Smith Rider weight deck, focuses really solely on, you know, in the image, if you're not familiar, you have in the foreground this uh, person, this man, masculine presenting person who is uh, holding swords with two kind of at his feet, holding three. And um, he basically has all of these five swords and there's sort of a, um, you know, a wicked triumph on his face. And we see in the background, two people walking away with their backs to our view um, seemingly defeated by this person in a sword fight. And it seems that because they're walking away without their swords, that they have been bested by this person. Maybe they've bet their swords and they've lost. And there is a lot of attention paid and a lot of centering on this man in the foreground. And that's to be understood. You know, he's very visible. The two people in the background, we're not really thinking too much about them. And yet, that's exactly who and what the card is really about, is those two people walking away. The person in the foreground with all the swords is really kind of a smokescreen. It's a distraction from what is actually happening, what's actually going on. What's actually going on is not that there's someone who's wicked and who's going to take all of our shit or there's a presence of someone greedy or whatever. The story is two people made a bet and lost and now they're walking away without something. So we could say that they made a poor bargain maybe. Maybe they really thought they'd win that fight. Maybe this guy cheated. Maybe he didn't. None of that is, also, is actually really important. The invitation of Five of Swords says there are going to be times where regardless of the circumstance, we are going to feel like those two people walking away, like fools 
Like we've lost everything. Like we've made a terrible mistake. Like we fucked up. And when we bring an evolutionary, critically thought out perspective to it, we can say, well, that's so human because all of us have an understanding of what that feels like. What we're missing in Five of Swords is how to work with that, how to actually recenter from those experiences, how to be able to shift from this space of tremendous invitations into regret, into guilt, into self-loathing, into a space of just being able to say, you know, this really sucks. And I made a decision and it really wasn't great. Um, essentially, how can we inevitably, as we're going to do, fuck up in some way? And the, I want to be clear about my definition of fucking up. Fucking up does not mean that we are welcoming or allowing space for any kind of judgment. Everybody fucks up. The brain likes to think like, well, that's just a little harsh. It isn't. <laughs> it isn't. Because you and I and everyone are always doing things that are poorly timed, are not great, where we make an omission, where we don't say something that we should say, where we um, think we're doing the right thing and then later someone reflects to us how it makes us feel and we think like, oh man, where we have just that sting of regret. It doesn't necessarily mean, it really, let's take the necessarily out of it. It doesn't mean that we're bad. It doesn't mean that we're bad people. It doesn't mean that we're not worthy of forgiveness. The whole point of this lesson is to illuminate how forgiveness can be um, sought out in moments when we feel like we have really fucked up. Um, how do we recenter in those moments? So I'm going to dive into a little bit of that. And I want to really illuminate something. Um, fucking up is a part of life. To believe that this is not going to happen, that we don't have the skills and tools to deal with it when it does, when, um, you know, I fucked up the other week on the podcast when I spoke about the term hungry ghosts without acknowledging the enormous root system lineage of that word um, as being related to many areas of Buddhism, just so many things. That was a fuck up. And that's okay. It's not okay that it caused harm. It's not okay that it promoted erasure. We're not saying like, you know, it was all good. Like it caused harm. Whether or not anyone felt harmed by it, that kind of behavior doesn't need to make an impact on bazillions of people or even one person to acknowledge that it caused harm. That's a fuck up. Did I mean to fuck up? No. But does that mean that it isn't a fuck up? No, because <laughs> intention is very, very small um, in comparison with impact. Five of swords work is what I call upon when something like that happens in my courses and in my podcast so that I have the ability to say, whoa, because inevitably there's a big 
chemical response when you're called in or when someone brings something forward about how you fucked up. This is where we get stuck a lot of the time is when we're called in around our fuck ups. We get defensive, we freeze up, we can't respond. It takes practice to be able to hold both things, to be able to hold the part of us that goes, how could I have done that? That was so stupid. What was I thinking? And to say, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make this right. What happens when we fuck up like this in a space that only affects us? So in my personal experience, even though I experience and fuck up honestly a lot, (laughs) um, not quite in the ways that I just mentioned, like um, appropriation and erasure, it happens, but not as much. Um, What really happens in my life is that I make decisions and have experienced making decisions slowly but surely where the brain just starts to go, maybe stop taking your medication. You don't even need to tell anybody. Like, you're good. Maybe just start drinking again. You're like, you know, let's and let's keep it, you know, in the DL. It's not a big deal, just a little bit. We get these little whispers of invitation from the brain. And then we start to say, yeah, actually, I feel like I don't really need my medication. And then we start to engage with them little by little. And all of a sudden, we've lost our swords. All of a sudden, we're chemically completely untethered. We are back in recovery. We are um, in need of care. We have cheated again. We have whatever it is, right? The brain, so I want to talk a little bit about how that happens because that is one way that Five of Swords can really show up. Whether real or imagined, it can really show up in a way where the brain is kind of represented by that guy in the foreground. And I want to talk about why. So in the process of life, we are expanding or we're contracting. Always in that process, expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. Especially if we are in touch with and committed to living a soul-centered life. When we step into soul, the brain and the nervous system don't like that. They don't like that because they're not a part of the familiar team that keeps us alive and in what we know. The soul is all about evolution and expansion. The brain is all about keeping shit the same. It does not want that. So there's always this divine tension. But when we're in the midst of expanding, the brain can try many and does try many, many sly and quiet invitations that feel like a great idea at the time. That is a really strong hallmark of Five of Swords. It seemed like a great idea. And and even though you can't quite explain or express that maybe to another person who's listening to you and just going like, what? But that's part of the bubble that gets burst with Five of Swords is that you're in this brain um, duet 
where the brain is just saying like, yes, this is, this is, this is it. This is great. And we're going, yeah, this is great. We're not really bringing a lot of thought to it. One way that we kind of know that we're in five of swords is if we're not telling anybody is the brain, as my teacher, Michelle always says, like, likes to behave like a predator. Predators like to get us alone. And if we're kind of not communicating to anyone about like a big decision akin to, Hey, I'm going to start smoking pot again, even though, um, I've, I know that it makes me feel X, Y, Z. We're just like not telling anyone. That's an example of five of swords. And that's also an example of how we want to bring a little bit more awareness to our cycles. Let's pour our compassion into this concept of fucking up. Because fucking up implies you fucked up. It's so harsh and so intense but the truth is that most people who fuck up, you too, especially if we're talking about this idea of, um, you know, a brain-centered thing that is only affecting us, we really think we're doing a great thing in the moment. And that's also one of the hallmarks, too, of this card is that it happens so slowly. We're not, maybe we have like a pinch of intuition, but we ignore it. Um, and all of a sudden when we're in five of swords, we're sort of confronted with, well, these are the consequences of my decision. This is what has happened as a result of this. So what is important to take away from this concept is the idea that because we're always expanding and contracting, anytime we're in expansion, the brain is going to try to pull us back into what we know. And if we are familiar with cycles of, um, let's say, addiction, you know, whatever it is, if we are familiar with the chemical ups and downs of taking our medication and not taking our medication, if we are familiar with the cycles of blocking an X coming back on, reconnecting with an ex, it will use that to be able to say anything other than the unknown here, anything other than the unknown. So it pulls us into these cycles to try to initiate this kind of chemical response, which is at its heart, a wonderful distraction from, from expansion. But five of swords does something even more insidious, right? is that what we actually get, what the brain actually wants, my teacher Michelle has really helped me understand these things. What the brain really wants is to get a hit from some of the strongest chemicals, so to speak, that are available to us in the brain, which are guilt, shame, self-loathing, all of the cycles that come from engaging with the brain where we make this bet, this bargain, and we say like, yeah, this is a great idea. And we wind up losing our sword in some way. Now, the good news is that we will inevitably get our swords, quote unquote, back in one form or another. We may have to make changes. There may be consequences. We may have to like go back to the doctor, take steps, whatever. But the most important piece of five of swords work is to not take the invitation into guilt and shame and self-loathing. Those can be there. They are not definitive of you. When we lock into guilt and shame and self-loathing, 
it actually takes us out of the ability to respond in a personally responsible way. Because then it becomes all about our shame cycle, our guilt cycle. We actually rob ourselves of the ability to recenter and to not only uh, make amends if they are owed, but to forgive ourselves. Because we are human beings. We are not here to not make mistakes. We are here to make multiple mistakes. We are here to learn through contrast and experience. And part of the beauty of Five of Swords is that we get the opportunity to move through a scenario in which we may feel that we fucked up in some way. And we get to say, I can completely acknowledge that I don't feel good about having not taken my medication because now I am feeling a sense of um, chemical upset, maybe chemical imbalance here. I am feeling um, that it was not something that was made in my highest and best to stop taking it. Maybe in some cases that's a case that getting off your medication is awesome for you. We're just using that as an example. It's one that's very personal to my life. Um, Many years ago, it was very hard for me to not fall into this seven of swords trap with my, um, with what I was taking for, uh, help and support after my breakdown. And, um, but the thing that I really learned through my teacher, Michelle, and also really seeing how this clicked into five of swords was It's also not about, I'm a bad person, I did this, I did that. We get to work with five of swords as simply as, I stopped taking my medication, I'm going to call my doctor. And that's it. That's the only response we have. I'm going to step into, recenter back into my truth which is that now that I see that something was out of alignment, I'm going to work to make it right. I'm going to work to recenter it. We can forgive ourselves, forgive each other. The more we stay out of guilt and shame and move into responsible, responsive, soft, compassionate action. Um, This is, you know, again, something that can be accessed in the most mundane of ways. We don't handle something with a friend the best. You know, we can have a conversation about that. We can take that on. But if we're so consumed with, I did a terrible thing, or if we're so defensive and we say, like, yeah, you you know, whatever, we're not really going to be able to hold the space for our friends upset for their disappointment. We're really gaining skills to sit in the discomfort of the feeling like, I really wish I hadn't done that, and cultivating the ability to say, I am not available for the story about this. I'm not available to be called in to any of this bullshit. I'm not available to be called into any of these stories about how I'm bad, I'm fucked up, I'm not okay, I'll never get better. None of that is for me. I am here to call upon the support I need and recenter the end. And some of you may be hearing this and thinking like, wow, this sounds like a hell of a lot like the devil. It is a lot like the devil. That's the truth. The difference is that the devil 
is not always situational. The devil is really about catching this before we go off the beaten path. And Five of Swords is really about being in kind of the nitty gritty of these situations. So the devil is a lot more like noticing the things the brain calls us into, similarly to the Five of Swords, saying no thank you, and actually being able to cut the cord energetically with those things. It's about the discovery of the idea that we can say no thank you to the brain. And specifically with the devil, it's about the liberation of us from the confines of shame and guilt and whatever to us actually being able to embrace our desires. And that is not five of swords. Five of swords is really inviting us into how do we recenter after we behave, make decisions, do something that seems like a great idea at the time and winds up not being. So in many ways, five of swords is what happens when we do the thing, when we've actually lost the sword. The devil never has to be about, quote, losing the sword. It's not about that. We don't have to be involved in anything. The devil is completely, often completely confined to the energetic story in the head, whereas five of swords is very much about the earthly. Like if we say something that, you know, is ignorant, we get called in for that. If we are, um, you know, make a decision that affects us, affects maybe the other people in our lives, we get to do five of swords work on that. But similarly to the devil, there is a kind of a liberation. It doesn't feel as strong or as clear as devil often can when you move through the full cycle of it. But Five of Swords is about actually being able to forgive ourselves after we've done or engaged in behaviors that don't feel good and that don't necessarily um, feel helpful, that actually maybe feel even harmful. Being able to say and cultivate the compassion to be able to say, as much as I might be uncomfortable, as much as I might feel like I don't deserve this, I am human. I am human. And however inexplicable it might feel to me that I'm in this situation where I've made this decision or I've done this thing, how could I be so stupid? I'm not going to stop there. And I'm not going to allow that to cloud my ability to make amends to myself and others. I'm going to allow those feelings to be there and they can roam and rage and swirl inside of me. I just don't have to take the invitation. So with five of swords, if we receive this in a reading, you don't have to get scared because it's not necessarily like you have to anticipate that you're going to fuck up. <laughs> you're probably already doing it in some way with love. We're all doing it because it's not about just blindly fucking up. It's noticing where the brain invites us into these things and we take them and think like, oh, fuck. And the more we do this work, the more subtle Five of Swords can be, the more subtle it starts to become. When we receive Five of Swords in a reading, we never have to get upset, scared, activated. We can just go, oh, great. No matter when and where this card shows up, it's offering me the opportunity to just recenter, to recenter. It doesn't mean everything's okay. It doesn't mean those feelings won't go away. It doesn't mean there won't be contraction, but I can start holding space for some things like the devil, because five of swords is really the devil's like little sibling, right? Like the devil, five of swords only comes up when there's good news. It means that we're about to expand in some way. Now I can tell you that 
having made the mistake I made on my podcast, I did not feel the evolutionary shift into expansion that I often do with devil work. That was very much a five of swords situation where I thought it was a great idea at the time to not pull from other lineages, thereby not crediting other lineages, thereby engaging in erasure. (laughs) So it was a terrible decision. And we could say maybe even brain contraction, who knows? The fact is that it happened. It seemed like a fine idea at the time. Truly and inexplicably, right? That's a perfectly, using myself as an example, that's a really great example of just like, it seemed like I was doing the least harmful thing by not pulling from other cultures to answer that question, and yet by not acknowledging the root system, participated and perpetuated full-on appropriation, erasure, etc. So to be able to tell someone oh, I didn't mean to, you know, whatever, that none of that matters. That, that really doesn't. It doesn't even matter right now. But it's very five of swords to feel like I thought I was doing the right thing. Fuck. That feeling of like inside of us, we have that drop in the stomach and we think like, oh my God, what was I, where all of a sudden it all becomes so clear and the bubble gets popped. If I was not versed in the medicine of five of swords, I probably would not have been able to respond as transparently as I I value doing um, if I had not made multiple five of swords mistakes in my life where um, I stopped taking medication, you know, engaged in substances, whatever, and really felt the crunch and the, the, like the grind of metal on metal that five of swords can feel like. And sometimes we, it, it affects those who love us when we do those things to ourselves, but we have to bear the worst brunt of it. So what we learn in this card, what we get the opportunity to practice is I can take on this fuck up. I also can access forgiveness. I can access forgiveness because I'm not supposed to get it perfectly. I'm not supposed to get it right. I'm also not going to make excuses for that. And I'm going to recenter. And in recentering, we leapfrog in a wonderful way, by the way, over the, what the brain really wanted in the first place was to ensnare us or at least slow us down for a little bit by keeping us in a kind of a cauldron of guilt and shame. We actually can intentionally say, uh, I'm not going to be making a stop there. I'll be taking a direct train to self-care, to taking an inventory of myself, to maybe even in a way that might feel super vulnerable and scary, sharing what feels like a fuck up with someone that I trust and love, calling my sponsor, calling my doctor, calling my therapist, whatever it is. Um, and then making a wise and empowered decision around self-care and recentering so that we don't get caught in the web of I should have done it differently because the fact is we didn't. And this is one of the toughest things. You know, all fives in the tarot are contractive cards. They are contractions. And all of us have had the experience of being those two people walking away from a sword that they bet on and lost. All of us. So let's stop pretending like 
some people make those mistakes, but we don't because it's not true. We just may not be in contact with that. This is truly a universal experience, but the invitation of this card is so rich and so so full and so medicinal. You know, how do we forgive ourselves? How do we regain our trust? You know, it, our own trust, like it happens over time. It happens with, however, being able to account for what has happened, being able to shift and recenter in a way that comes from soul that does not, because if you get caught, let's say in a shame trap, it will paralyze you and you will be unable to necessarily take, um, if you really embody and say yes to that shame, I'm not saying the shame can't be there. We're just not saying yes to it, if that makes sense. But if we're engaged in a shame spiral, we're not really going to have a lot of room for anything else. We're not really going to be able to respond from the wisest place in us. And that's what we're doing with five of swords. Um, anytime this card comes up, whether very, very subtle or very, very overt, whether a teeny situation or a colossal situation, this is a universal experience. It does not feel great. It doesn't feel fun. We don't have to fear it at all because we're not supposed to avoid it. We learn through these experiences oh my God, do we learn? But only if we're available to the possibility of recentering without engaging in guilt and shame and self-loathing and the stories, the brain really, that's the reason why it invited you into that sword fight in the first place. It's because it said, well, I can use this thing that'll just kind of be a cover-up for all this stuff. But if I invite this person into this scenario, they're not going to realize that the cover is just so I can get out the guilt and shame. They won't know it. They'll just engage with it by actually saying, you know, I'm not going to roll like that. Um, we're rewiring the brain in some ways. It's, it will become safer for us, more survivable for us to respond to those moments. We'll become better communicators. We'll become um, better at apologizing. We'll become better at keeping our word, making amends, speaking our truth. We'll actually become um, softer and more trusting with ourselves eventually. Because it doesn't feel good to go through this card, but again, it is a teacher, a profound teacher one that brings forward a lot of beautiful medicine about how we can relate to ourselves in the brain. So while I'm not in any way excusing the harm that comes from being on the other end of someone else's fuck up or the harm that we can cause ourselves by engaging in these moments, we can serve to recenter and forgive ourselves and learn new ways of being with ourselves and in the world, that that is possible and even um, crucial because in a way, that's the point of this card, <laughs> you know, otherwise we would just keep betting our swords and losing. So I invite you to consider, you know, when have you experienced something like this before? What did it teach you? What, you know, was it 
a, a threshold watershed moment in your life where um, you learn these things. You have to go through it a couple times. I know for myself, like there's been many five of swords situations I've had to repeat a couple times. Um, all of that, you know, we can just think about that. Um, there is actually a special um, exercise with a little spread that will be available to you. The link is in the show notes. Um, also on my link tree on Instagram that you can engage with and see what comes forward for you from those exercises. Um, and from there, um, just wishing you a lot of luck with this energy. I think it's a really important one to talk about because it's not something that we particularly like love to think about. It doesn't feel great. Um, but there is something to be said for reframing this energy to one of deep medicine, which is why the tarot is medicine. You know, it's not here to just make us feel bad. That's the brain. The tarot is here to help, to offer us clarity, to offer us ways to work with these energies. So that person in the foreground with all those swords is actually the brain. We walk away thinking, oh my God, you know, whatever. We can actually take back our sword from that person in the foreground by saying, you know, you can keep part of this victory. Like, yeah, you invited me into something. You got me a little bit. You're not going to pull me into victimhood. You're not going to pull me into guilt and shame. You're not going to keep me from responding to this in the most responsible, integral, self-compassionate way I can. And, um, that's that, you know, so we get to we get to re reclaim or claim if we've never even thought of it that like that before we get to reclaim this idea with the brain and that really is the root system to us forgiving ourselves forgiveness of self doesn't mean we let ourselves off the hook for things that we've done that have caused harm it means that we're able to respond to the ways that we've caused harm in a personally responsible manner so all things to think about as we travel through this wonderful portal, this intense portal, you know, what are some of the things that you are clearing out in this portal? What are some of the things that can't come with you in this portal? You know, what are some of the ways in which you've kept yourself in this cycle of guilt and shame that because you feel like you deserve it, that you absolutely don't, no matter what you've done? Um, how can you free yourself from this? What are the ways in which you can say, you know what, I can still feel terribly about what happened, how I behaved, what I did. I just don't need to take on the invitation into shame, into guilt. I can be with the invitation and not take it, not buy it, not believe it. You know, so it's just something to think about. Thank you so much for listening, Wild Souls. I love all of you. Wishing you a blessed and beautiful full moon in Pisces. And uh, I'll catch you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger. And it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. 
To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.